It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. New York to the heart, but got love for all. Lie die in the fire where I learn the ball. Uptown is the place where I lay my dome. On the streets of the Bronx where my family roam. Oh, damn it, we home. Heater got a nine millimeter. Player haters can feel the flame for my heater. I never really liked to play a fool like that, but I love to succeed. See, foes fall flat. Flat, like deja vu. And I got another clip down a deja crew. I said, piss down, dumb Mo with the piss down. Just cause I'm pissy don't mean you should miss down. Keep them in the fitties and hundreds all arranged. Anything less than that, you keep the change. Not filthy rich, but bitch, I'm barely broke. Blessed with clothes to keep you hooked like dope. Friends call me guns, sons call me trife. Cause the quick to slide off and slide this dick up in your wife. And that's life. You should learn how to treat her. I guarantee Peter knows how to eat her and beat her. Niggas in the Bronx call me Lex. Cause I push a Lex and I rock a Rolex. And I lounge on Lex. And I love sex. And I wave texts on sets that be trying to flex. Like Decks. Nigga, God rest your soul. But when you're playing cards with guns, it ain't no time to fold. Ho. New York niggas got crazy game. But out of town niggas is all the same. Brooklyn niggas get crazy loot. That's because when it's beat, they ain't scared to shoot. All them niggas know how to play. Mac the 600 getting crazy pay. Niggas out of Queens got shit on lock. Strapped with the Glock running up in your spot. But if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably never would be going on. So tell me where you from. Uptown. Uptown, baby, uptown, baby, we gets down, baby, for the crown, baby. Now if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably never would be going on. So tell me where you from. Uptown, baby, uptown, baby, we gets down, baby, for the crown, baby. Yo, the RM8 is parked in a lot right next to the Mercedes. Keep the heat cocked for these blocks that are shady. You're crazy if you walk around thinking shit's gravy. Stop me, maybe, I'm living life flawless. Making big investments on them A-class flawless. And hoes call us, I'm comfortable like with Carol, two quarters of my life walking roads tight and narrow. Deep thoughts which I abide by, pumping high, got my mind's eye. Point sharper than an arrow, getting high. Keep your eye on a sparrow, riches like the pharaoh. Bought a new five with the snitches for these hoes. Trunk full of ammo, keep my toes close. Then most niggas keep their own shadow. And I strap for my foes like a saddle. I rock stones, other niggas rock gravel. Talk shit, whatever have you. I'm from Soundview, Bronx most wanted. Front get confronted, player we rolling deep in the 1.500s like Big Eye Red. Mad blunted, you step outside and get blooded. Have your whole block flooded with the Bronx, it's a warning. Storming guns out from dust to dawn, and it's on, no doubt. Keep an eye on your bitch when I'm roaming about, and put an eye on your lip, nigga. Watch your mouth, I'm from the Bronx. Wipe your feet when you step in my house, cause you's a small time nigga, about a half an ounce now. New York niggas got crazy game, but out of town niggas is all the same. Brooklyn niggas got crazy loot, that's because when it's beef, they ain't scared to shoot. Harlem Niggas know how to play. Back to 600, getting crazy pay. Niggas out of Queens got shit on lock. Strap with the Glock running up in your spot. But if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably never would be going on. So tell me where you from. Uptown, baby. Uptown, baby. Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA. The HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. We here, man. Welcome into another edition of the HBCU Report for Thursday, May 28th, 2020. I am your host, Rob Calloway. 
Thank you for tuning in, however you may be listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. Remember, when we're not here, we're there. There is SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. For those of you um, just tuning in for the very first time, or those of you that have missed uh, a few of the, the previous episodes, don't forget, you can always go back relive any moment of any episode of the HBCU Report on demand 24-7 via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, all right? Uh, And speaking of previous episodes, man, we have been knocking them out. Uh, Last week, we were joined by Damon Wilson, the head football coach of Bowie State University. Uh, Friday, we were joined by Mo Williams, the head basketball coach at Alabama State. Saturday, Lavelle Moten checked in with us from North Carolina Central University. Uh, Tuesday's show, we were joined by Cleo Hill Jr., the head basketball coach uh, for the men's program at Winston-Salem State. And so coming up tonight... I'm going to continue the 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 uh, hardwood conversation, if you will. And so uh, Bethune-Cookman's Ryan Ritter, uh, the head men's basketball coach, is going to check in with us uh, coming up in the next segment. So we got uh, a big one lined up for you. And as primest, for those of you that were listening Tuesday, uh, we definitely have to talk about this whole Michael Jordan situation. Mike is a liar. Big fat liar. (laughs) So we've definitely got to talk about that. And then something else that has just been killing me, man. It's been killing me. I mean, killing me. I know you guys have seen these pictures of Dwayne Wade with his new hairstyle. And so I took to social media. You know, what I do is I really don't put my opinion out there much because what happens is I put my opinion out there and then I get crucified. So what happens now, and I've learned through some very, uh, some of the best in the business is all I do is just pose the question and then I'll let y'all go for it. And so man, some of y'all were going for it on my, uh, personal, uh, Facebook page. And so I'm definitely going to, uh, read some of those comments back coming up, uh, later on in the show, possibly in the, the third segment, but yeah, man, it's it's been crazy. It's uh, the to say the least. It's it's been really crazy. Um, but speaking of crazy, you know something that we did not talk about uh, Tuesday night was the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And why did I not speak about it? Well, here's the thing. You know, a lot of times I just had to be very honest. I have to sit down. And think about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it so that it doesn't affect anything that I might have going on outside of the HBCU report. Okay. I I have to sit down and and really formulate an opinion. You know, I have an opinion, but I have to formulate one that's going to be acceptable in the eyesight of everyone that's going to be acceptable. And, 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 you know, what we have to remember is, is that, this is a, a very tragic situation. All right. We, we're starting to see it on a regular basis. This is the second time that I've witnessed murder in as little as 30 days. I witnessed the murder of Amar Aubrey on cell phone video. I witnessed what we might as well go ahead and call the death of George Floyd. They said he died at the hospital, but that brother was dead on the scene. And, um, you know, I was telling you guys a few weeks ago that stuff like this, I'm, I'm not desensitized to this stuff like this hurts. I cried when I watched George Floyd. I, I did, you know, I shed tears. I, I can't even lie because that could be any of us. 
Um, but the one thing that I'll say, and I'm not trying to get into a black white thing. I'm not even trying to do that on this show. Uh, because you know, I know, I know white people just like I know black people. Okay. And so I don't want to come off as offensive because I know as a whole, it's not everybody. I know that, that there are pockets within society, you know, that perpetuate these type of things. And that's what we have to remember. But just think about this, black people. We need to keep that same energy. And what do I mean? We hear that phrase all the time, but what do I mean? We need to keep that same energy when it comes to anything involving black people. You want to get black people fired up? Oh, let it be a a white person kill a black person. We fired up. I mean, we fired up. I'm talking about ready to go. We activated and ready to go. It's time to vote. Oh man, I ain't vote. My vote don't count. Ah, ah. June June killed man man last night. Ah, nobody cares. Ah, ah. You get what you get. Where I'm going. I got a business. Hey, I, I want y'all to support my black business. Oh man, I ain't supporting no black business. Why? Oh, see, see where I'm going with this, ladies and gentlemen. So we got to keep that same energy. We can't just get fired up when white people do something to us. And then we want to unify. We got to keep that same energy throughout, throughout. Okay. I just, I just, you know, I've been sitting and thinking about that and I'm like, you know what? When black people kill other black people, we don't care. Maybe the families care, but as a society, it it goes right under the, the radar. Nobody cares. When black businesses go out of business, nobody cares. There's just like, oh, that's just black folk. Knew that wasn't going to work, right? That's what black people do. Instead of supporting, well, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work. So what I'm saying is, is that we need to keep the same energy that all of the other communities have, right? If we go be mad when somebody white does something to somebody black and then we want to unify, we just need to be unified and then we need to support each other in, in every means possible. And then guess what happens as a result of us supporting each other and making it known that we support each other. Guess what happens at that point? No one feels like they can just do any damn thing to us. See, you don't think like that, right? You don't think like that. If we were a unified front, nobody would have the gall or the balls to say, you know what? We just go kill this black dude. We just go. No, it wouldn't happen like that. But because they know what's going to happen, we're going to get mad. We're going to protest. I mean, up in Minnesota right now, they're rioting because most time what's going to happen is black people. We go riot and tear up our own damn community. Right. See, we got to be better than this. And I'm not saying that those people shouldn't be mad. I'm not saying that those people shouldn't be doing whatever it is that they're doing. Do it. Send me a TV. I need a PS4. Before the five come out, I'm playing. But I'm just saying we these are things that we need to that we need to think about. If we kept this same freaking energy, the same energy that we put into ripping our HBCUs, the same energy that we put into whatever it is that social media, whatever it is that we're into, right? If we put that same energy into it as black people, man, we would be so dynamic. We would be so awesome. We would just, I mean, it would 
it, it would change the world. It would change the landscape. It would. And so, uh, you know, that, that's my two cent on that. And so, um, man, that's been weighing on me, man. I, I mean, it has really been weighing on me, but, uh, you know, I, I, I pray for, uh, the family of George Floyd. Um, also, uh, you know, praying for Steven Jackson, a former NBA baller, you know, he and, uh, Floyd, they were, I mean, they were best homeboys. And so he's been going through it, been saying the stuff he's been posting on social media. And so I just want to send, um, deepest regards to, to everyone, everyone involved. All right. And so this is the HBCU report, Rob Calloway hanging out with you Thursday night as we continue our celebration, our commemoration of the year 1998. 98 was a good year. And so uh, right now, what we need to do before we uh, get into our second segment and uh, chop it up with Ryan Ritter is uh, we need to take a look back at 1998. It was January 7th of 1998. The former White House intern, Monica Lewinsky, signed an affidavit denying that she had an affair with President Bill Clinton. Well, we know she lied and we know that they hounded her and she went back and recanted that statement and we know what happened, right? Um, also in music, G-Funk Classics Volume 1 and 2, the debut studio album by Nate Dogg, the big homie uh, originally uh, to be released on Death Row in 1996, uh, was shelved due to legal issues with Suge Knight and Death Row Records. Uh, the album was released in the summer of 1998 and Make It Rain, the only studio album by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns was released June 2nd of 1998 on Columbia Records. At the box office, Dr. Doolittle, starring Eddie Murphy, debuted on June 26th. And on August 14th, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, starring Angela Bassett, Tay Diggs, and Whoopi Goldberg, hit box offices and in sports. It was May 23rd of 1998 that Alicia Marshall became the first female to win a national championship in North Carolina Central University history, winning the women's 100-meter dash at the 1998 NCAA Division II Outdoor Track and Field Championship in Edwardville, Illinois. And that is a look back at 1998. Coming up on the other side, uh, we will continue our celebration of 1998, as well as we'll be joined by the head basketball coach of the men's program at Bethune-Cookman University, Ryan Ritter, joins the show. That's next, right here on the HBCU Report. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Mo Williams, head basketball coach of the Alabama State University men's basketball program. Uh, I know you haven't seen the guys yet, but once you get the guys in, what is it that you know you're going to have to do in order to be able to change the culture, per se? Laying the foundation down on how I operate, how my staff operate. Um, that, that's the culture, you know, and it starts with that. And culture is no different from foundation. Same definition for me. Um, setting the foundation and obviously creating identity, who we are, who we are. If someone say Alabama State, 
they're going to have something to say of who we are as a team. Um, teams that don't have an identity usually not pretty good. Um, so you want to develop a culture, develop who you are, develop who you recruit, uh, who you attract. Um, that, that, that's important. And, and obviously, the most important thing, and I echo this with everybody I talk to, is getting these kids graduated. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Uh, uh. What type of games being played? How's it doing down? It's all till it's gone, then I got to know now. Is you with me or what? Think I'm trying to get me a nut. Cause honey's gonna give me the vibe. Why? I'm politicking with this chicken, wondering if I'm a creeper. Little hood rapper from 25th named Jamaica coming through like I do. You know, getting my bark on. Knew she was a thug, cause when I met her, she had a scarf on. 5411, size 7 and girls. Baby face would look like she was 11 with curls. Girlfriend, what? remember me from way back? I'm the same cat, the wave cat that my fucker at TNT used to blaze at. Still here, so it's all good. Oh, you know my niggas rich and them doing their thing on 35th day. It's a small hood and it's all wood, so let me get that number. I get up, I right? hit you on the track later on see what's up talking to shorty made me want to do something nice what? looking at that ass made me want to do something tonight what? and i know right when i see right shorty looking like she tight she bite let her give a nigga the green light well take my hands to be in play how's it going down it's all till it's gone then i got to know now Cause you with me you what nigga trying to get me enough just cause honey want to give me the vibe like my game to be in play how's it going down it's all till it's gone then i Shorty like what you need, what you want uh, One for nothing, cause I got you But you front, uh, I see you with your baby father But it don't matter, since you gave me the pussy That ass getting fatter uh, Let that nigga play daddy, make moves with me I done kept it more than real, boo Can't lose with me, true Dirty smacked you, cause you said my name when y'all was sexy uh, Ran up on this cat, he thought was me and started flexing uh, You know I ain't even with that he gon' have to get that just on GP. Tried to creep me? What? Leave that nigga sleepy. Put on the strength for you when I show kids daddy. Right. I ain't gon' send him on his way, put him up in that big caddy. But let him know. Never mind, yo. I need you to go. Take the snow up to 150. C Joe, get that. Come back with that, and we can split that. Sit back. Fuck, fuck for L. Get that. What type of games are being played? How's it going down? It's on till it's gone, then I got to know now. She choose, gets the do. Right. Respect is not expected, but it's given because it's real. Uh. Being neglected is the norm. Expected, the deal. Lie, cheat, and steal for me. Put something in the niggas wig if you squeal for me. Kill for me. You still with me? Cause we get down like what? Told you from the door. It ain't all about a nut. I'm gonna be fed. Trying to be there? We gonna see that. Uh. Hit me with the question, boo. That answer gonna be yeah. Right. See there? Something can go wrong. It does. Love it, let it go. When it came back, that's how strong it was. But you belong to cuss. Couldn't belong to me. Uh-huh. Two kids by this nigga. It was wrong for uh-huh. me. But we gon' always be best of friends. Ha ha. Bad love, boo. To the end. But you have to be in Classic DMX right there featuring Faith Evans. How's it going down? Gots to know now. <laughs> I love that joint. Look, man, DMX, when DMX came out, this was the, the first album. Was uh, Hell is Hot. Wait, it was Hell is Hot, right? And then he came out with an album maybe four or five months later. I think that was uh, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. 
Man, I mean, this dude was just phenomenal. It's amazing what drugs will do to you, man. Like, drugs completely derailed this dude's career. DMX, um, quite possibly, uh, could have been one of the greatest of all times. I mean, this dude's skill set was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And his voice was just, oh, his voice was ridiculous. Oh, his voice was ridiculous. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Um, uh, really quick, you know, uh, Tuesday night we were talking about Mike Tyson and the fact that bare knuckle championship, uh, fighting the MMA organization were, uh, saying that they were, uh, prepared to offer Mike Tyson $20 million for, uh, one more fight. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Tyson has made an appearance. The new Mike Tyson with his new physique. Now we see what was going on. I don't know if the bare knuckle thing is happening, but Mike Tyson has pretty much resumed a storyline that started um, back in the WWE some 15 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And so this week he made he made an appearance on All Elite Championship Wrestling, which is uh, Cody Rhodes' uh, wrestling venture, uh, the, the late, great Dusty Rhodes sign. And so now we see Mike Tyson... You know, is he going to do the wrestling thing? Is he going to do MMA too? Like, I, well, we know Mike is not going to wrestle, but you know what I mean? It, it's it's interesting. A lot of folks lining up uh, to pay Mike Tyson. You know, I'd love for a lot of folks to be lining up to pay Rob Calloway. Hey, but that's another story. Don't forget, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. And as promised, we're being joined right now on the line by the head men's basketball coach, Bethune-Cookman University, Ryan Ritter, making his first appearance on the show. So first of all, Coach, welcome to the HBCU Report. Hey, I really appreciate you having me, man. Look forward to it. Not a problem, man. So uh, let's talk a little bit. So prior to coming to BCU, uh, you were coaching in the JUCO ranks at Daytona State. Uh, how did that ultimately prepare you uh, to coach a Division One program? You know, it's it's that's a great question, um, and I kind of get it a lot because everyone says, "How did you go from junior college to Division One?" And and if I could give any advice to anybody that wants to coach, I would recommend that they coach at the junior college level um, because you just get a chance to do so many different things. You're you're, you're an SID, you're a head coach, you're an assistant, you're a dorm director, you're compliance, uh, you know, you're a fundraiser. So you really get a chance to to know the ins and outs of how to coach. And then I think the second part of that. Um, is you get to build a network of, of obviously recruiting guys, but you also have Division One, Division Two programs that are coming in to recruit um, that that junior college. So for me, man, the, the transition from junior college to Division One uh, has been awesome, and and I, I really think working at that level prepared me. Yeah, absolutely, and it took a lot off your plate once you got to BCU too, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> I had no idea that at a JUCO the coach was everything. Jesus. Had no idea. Yeah, it's, it's quite a few hats. <laughs> wow. So how did the courtship between you and Bethune-Cookman happen? It's, it's really unique. Um, Mr. Lynn Thompson, our, our vice president for intercollegiate athletics, uh, me and him go way back. So, um, you know, his his son grew up playing basketball with my brother. And, you know, so I've probably known uh, Lynn Thompson, you know, since I was probably eight, nine, ten years old. And, and we always just had a really good relationship. And so being from Daytona Beach, um, you know, when, when I knew that Bethune Cookman job was opening up, um, I was actually involved in a couple, couple, couple other, uh, jobs and, and he had reached out to me and just said, Hey, would you like to grab some dinner? I thought, man, it's kind of weird. You know, there's, there's the jobs opening. I'm thinking in my head, man, if I had a chance to get this job, that's a dream. I'm in my own hometown. I grew up watching Cookman. 
Um, so this thing could be special. And long story short, we, we, we had a couple meetings and, you know, within about a week or 10 days, I was, I was named the head coach at Bethune Cookman and as day I'll never forget. Absolutely. Now, when you arrived on campus, you know, what were some of the things uh, that you changed in order to better the culture of basketball at Bethune Cookman? I think the, the first thing uh, we did is I put an unbelievable staff around them. Um, hired three guys that were very, very close to me that I knew we could trust that knew had the same uh, morals and, and the same view of how to run a program in terms of how to treat people, how to treat the student athletes. Um, things that are extremely important to me. So the first thing was just put a great staff uh, with the same vision around me. Um, and we had a lot of support from our administration in terms of being able to really recruit. Um, we actually put in seven or eight different guys that first year. And um, so, you know, that was really the two biggest things was the, the administration giving me the flexibility to kind of go in and recruit um, the way that we wanted to. And then just really putting quality people uh, around our program to, to help try to make this thing go. Now, the past season, I uh, saw you guys take on some really good out-of-conference uh, competition. Uh, every coach has their own philosophy uh, on playing up and out-of-conference games in preparation for the conference schedule. Uh, what's considered good preparation by some is often considered to be demoralizing by others because usually if you take on a Duke, you go take one on – you go take a, a whipping – um, but but what are your opinions? Uh, don't those games definitely help you get better when you get ready to take on other MEAC competition? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think they do. You know, it's really challenging, um, not just for HBCUs, but for, for programs that are at the you know lower mid-major level. Um, when you're getting paid those guarantees, sometimes it, it becomes tough to build that team chemistry and build that morale. But kind of the way we've looked at it is, We'll try to strategically schedule certain teams. So, like for Texas, we we Texas Tech this year. We knew they were going to be extremely physical. Uh, they were going to be one of the best defenses in the country, and they were going to have an unbelievable environment. So, we, we specifically chose them um, to give our guys the most adverse situation. We played St. Louis because um, they're big, physical. They rebound similar to a Norfolk in our in, in our league. So, we try to be very strategic um, in terms of getting the most out of our non-conference, and obviously, we'd like to come away with some wins but at the end of the day it's all about you know trying to win those three games in march Mm-hmm. definitely this is the hbcu report rob calloway hanging out with you guys thursday night thank you for tuning in be sure to follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter at hbcu report we are on the line right now with ryan ritter the head basketball coach of the men's program at bethune cookman university so coach all right you guys got through the season, a, a tough schedule. You, you close out the season with a regular season win against Florida A&M. Uh, you get ready for the MEAC tournament, and then the pandemic happens. Uh, how disappointing was it for not only you, but for your kids uh, that you didn't get to participate in any postseason play? You know, that, that, was, a, that was a really tough day. Uh, we had six seniors that uh, was a really special group. They, they had won a lot of games in the two to three years they've been here. And, um, you know, we, we really felt, and I'm sure a lot of teams felt this way, but we really felt like we were playing um, as good a basketball as anybody in our league. You know, we had taken a couple lumps, and, and we had kind of gone through a rough patch, but really that last month of the season, those six guys had gelled, and, and we, were, we were playing really well. So we actually were at pregame meal uh, three hours away from game time, and we got the word that there was going to be no more conference tournament. And uh, when you want to talk about raw emotion, man, those – those six seniors along with, you know, the rest of our team, but, but our staff, that was, it was difficult. A lot of those guys grow up with the, you know, the dream of playing an NCAA tournament and, and it's tough for them to, to, you know, hear that news and, and really understand what that means.
Right. For a group of kids, I know that could that could be tough. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Ryan Ritter, head basketball coach of the Bethune-Cookman University Wildcats. Coach, hold the line for me. We're up against the break. Uh, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue this conversation as well as continue our commemoration, our celebration of 1998. And before we get out of here, man, we will definitely talk Michael Jordan, his old line. But <laughs> this is the HBCU Report. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. (sighs) Are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Rob Calloway on the line with Jackie McWilliams. She is the commissioner of the CIAA Sports with no fans. Could that be a thing? Oh, Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, I mean, just think about it. I mean, how does that sound? I think we were trying to start that before COVID-19 shut the world down, right? I mean, you were watching decisions even with the NCAA, some of the conference championships, no fans, and it's just an an awkward space and place to think about how you manage and put events on. You know, we thrive off the energy of our fans. Our students thrive off the energy of our fans. I mean, the whole thought of what that could be is get my head around it today. I'm sure I'll have some ideas tomorrow, but definitely, you know, I'm trying to take one bite at a time on what the new reality potentially looks like. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Yes. 
Sweaty dancing around with y'all. <laughs> Classic Goody Mob right there. They don't dance no more. From the album Still Standing, 1998 was the year, man. As we commemorate, as we celebrate a great year. 1998 right here on the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Uh, before we went to break, we were on the line uh, with Ryan Ritter, head basketball coach of the Bethune-Cookman University Wildcats. So, Coach, uh, really quick, before I let you go, man, a couple more questions. Um, in response to COVID-19, uh, we know that the NCAA, um, you know, issued waivers uh, for the SAT, ACT for incoming freshmen. So, two questions. Uh, were you guys at Bethune-Cookman able to benefit, and how do you see – uh, this affecting sports moving forward? You know, I think to answer the first question, we were able to benefit. Um, you know, we had we had already signed two freshmen early that were qualifiers and, and didn't need um, any additional help. And then, you know, the second part to that is we did sign three junior college transfers. And in my opinion, um, you know, the, this actually helped us because those were the three guys we had identified. Um, they weren't really able to physically go make visits. And, and I think a, a lot of the decision came based on relationships. And so our three number one guys at those spots, we were able to actually sign in the spring um, without a visit. So, you know, unfortunately this happened. I, that part of it actually helped us on the on the junior college um, side. I mean, but coming from the JUCO ranks, do you think that this ACT, SAT waiver could uh, hamper or hurt uh, JUCOs at least for a year? Yeah, you know what? I, I love junior college. Those are my roots. Um, we've had a lot of really good junior college transfers. Um, that have been all, all league players for us. I, I really hope that it doesn't hurt um, that level because it's so important for development. But, you know, as we see maybe some of these uh, maybe one-time exception waivers going through, and then obviously, like you said, with the COVID pandemic, um, I don't think it's going to affect junior college just because I know how good that level is. Um, but, you know, I just think the future is too uncertain to, to really make any, you know, really any thoughts on that. Okay. All right. So here's a, a good thing, I think. It was good to me. Um, you were recently named uh, to ESPN.com's 40 Under 40, list of men's college basketball coaches. So how does that honor feel to you, man? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was actually really crazy. Um, I'm sitting there, I, I got a, I got a one-year-old at home, uh, my wife's seven months pregnant, and uh, you know, waking up in the morning, my, my cousin, um, she, she follows college basketball nonstop. So I get this text, and she goes, hey, guys, you're on ESPN this morning. So, man, what is that? So it's not even basketball season. I thought maybe, you know, we played a well, nope. So she, she sent it to me, and I opened it up, and I was like, hey, man, that's me. That thing's pretty cool. So I was like, tumble, man, that's, that's an that's a awesome group of people, uh, some really, really high-level coaches, character. Um, so, man, that, that's pretty humbling for, for not just me, but to put our, our university, our institution on, on that top 40 was pretty cool. Absolutely. It was. It was a, a great look for you and definitely a, a great look for – uh, the institution. All right, coach. So my final thing before I let you go, coach, last week ESPN closed the curtain on the last dance, the 10 part series that had every sports fan on the edge of their seats had some folks mad, you know, a lot of folks mad at Michael Jordan these days. Uh, but for you, uh, what did you take away uh, from the last dance? You know, I mean, I got so many thoughts on that because um, it, it, it was an awesome series. Awesome, it kind of takes you back to your childhood. You forget, like waking up on, you know, especially when the Bulls were in the playoffs. Man, you you just put your butt in front of a TV and you, you made sure you were not missing those those playoff games. Um, you would see names like the Bob Rashad, and and you forget, you know, part of that uh, excitement that that came 
Um, so for one, it was just cool to kind of relive that, see all those guys that, that had played, you know, when I first started picking up a ball. Uh, but, you know, the, thought, the thing that I thought was, was was really cool about the whole documentary was just the way that, um, you know, from Rodman to Kerr to Pippen to uh, Jordan, but the way that Phil Jackson and, and all those guys were able to mesh and, and, and make it, you know, one of the most, um, you know, dominant dynasties of all time. That was really – not to know the – you know, everyone knows who was on those teams, but not really to understand the personalities and then see the way it played out on TV. Uh, thought that was really cool the way they, they made that thing come together. Absolutely. Now as a coach, I mean, you talk about Phil Jackson. As a coach, was there anything that you took away from this? Man, I love Phil. Um, I, I think our, you know he's arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, the one thing that I took away um, – was you know he he had a great presence to himself where where he had also respect in the room, um, but he also allowed guys to be themselves. And I think as we move into um, you know into this especially this new normal, um, you know not to get into a different topic, but with the mental health and so many different factors going into um, you know young people's lives these days, I think we could all take a page out of out of Phil Jackson's book on just how to really understand, treat people, and still get the most out of them, and, and ultimately compete for championships. Oh, absolutely. That's why he's the Zen master. That's why he's the Zen master. Uh, Ryan Ritter. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Ritter, head basketball coach, Bethune Cookman University coach. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you down the road, okay? Sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me on. All right, appreciate it, man. All right, great stuff right there from Ryan Ritter, head basketball coach, Bethune Cookman University. I really appreciate him for checking in with us. Now, look. I know I told you guys that we were going to talk about this whole Michael Jordan thing coming up uh, after this interview. Well, here's what's happened, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody listening, one of my good friends listening was like, hold up, Rob, don't talk about it today. You got to let me come on the show Saturday because I want a little piece of that. (laughs) Unbelievable. And so uh, what we're going to do is I guess we'll just hold off on it. We'll just hold off on it until Saturday's show. But what I do want to talk to you guys about before we get up out of here is something that I that I put on social media a couple of days ago in regards to uh, Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know, for those of you that have uh, seen Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Wade lately, uh, he has this uh, fuchsia hair thing going on. I don't know if it's fuchsia or pink or I don't know what the hell it is. But uh, at any point. Um, a lot of folks have a a lot of thoughts and a lot of comments about it, including myself, including myself, you know, it's one thing, you know, everybody was kind of saluting Dwayne for, uh, standing with his son, uh, Zion, uh, who, who, who now goes by what Zyla, Zaya. And, um, but this has just gone too far. And so just me being me. You know, I've learned over time to not just really put my opinions out there too tough, right? I could just say a little bit, but not too tough because everybody getting their feelings. So as I was saying in the first segment, what I like to do is just, you know, the questions that everybody's asking, I just like to get the answers to them and get people's opinion. And so one of the questions that I saw on social media had to do with one Mrs. Wade, Gabrielle Union Wade. And they were saying that it was Gabby's fault for what was going on with D Wade. So I was like, oh, well, if that's the case, yeah, everybody, somebody should have a, a, a response. So my question was, what has Gabby done to the Wade men? And we have several folks ch- chiming in. Uh, we got Rob checking in saying he blames Bosch. Wow. Wow. Brandy says, is it really her fault? LOL. Uh, 
I don't know what the, is it really her fault? I mean, what are you saying? You know, I, I don't know. Then we got Brandy, uh, another Brandy, Brandy with an eye checking in saying, I think he does all of that to show support for his son, which I get. I get uh, Joy checking in saying, uh, here you go blaming that woman. No, I'm not blaming that woman, Joy. I'm not blaming him. Uh, we got Jay checking in saying, and he said, uh, nothing. Gabrielle did nothing. It was always in him. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh my God. Then we got Cliff checking in saying, uh, as a mother and the woman of the house, she should say, stop it. Hey, on the other hand, she may like it. Well, there's that. There's that. Uh, then we got uh, Bianca checking in and said, Gabby did not do this. That dude was acting weird before they were married. I think she's a cover for him. Wow. 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 <laughs> and then we got Terrence checking in saying, um, whatever it was, a strap on was involved. Really? Really now? <laughs> Y'all folks are crazy, man. Uh, then we got Moshe checking in saying, uh, didn't the boy's mother, meaning uh, Dwayne's ex-wife, have some kind of restraining order on Gabrielle Union back in the day? Not really sure about that. And then we got Brandon checking in saying, Hollywood, it changes, folks. Well, that's what I've heard. That's why I stay right here in Decatur, Georgia. I've heard Hollywood will change you. Heard you'll do something strange for a little piece of change in Hollywood. But, hey, Dwayne is in Miami. So what's his excuse now? What's his excuse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Are all hearts and minds clear, ladies and gentlemen? Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, that about do it for the Thursday night edition of the HBCU Report. I'd like to thank tonight's guest, Ryan Ritter, head basketball coach of the Bethune-Cookman University men's Wildcat basketball program. I also got to thank you, the listener, because without you, there would be no HBCU Report. Uh, coming up on Saturday, going to do it real big for you. I told you that text I got. Somebody said they want a little piece of the whole Michael Jordan conversation. And so uh, we got a got a, a, a special guest going to join the show Saturday. And you never know who might sh- uh, stop by on Saturday. It's the big show on XSquadRadio.com at 9 a.m. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend uh, that the HBCU Report is live three days a week, Tuesday and Thursday at 7 o'clock and Saturday mornings at 9. Be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is our official content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Uh, don't forget, if you, you can relive any moment of any episode that you missed, including this one, uh, on, on demand 24-7 via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And just remember that tomorrow's not promised, so we got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day. This is the HBCU Report. I am Rob Calloway. See you guys Saturday morning. Go on. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.